This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read somewhere from God's word together. Matthew chapter 5, where we take our seats. The Bible says, Matthew 5. Hallelujah. And seeing the multitude, they went up to a mountain, and when it was set, his disciples came to him. Thank you. Yeah, softly. And he opened his mouth and he told them, saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How many people are poor in the spirit here? <laughs> I'm not saying how many people are poor. <laughs> Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. But where I'm going, Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. There are two things I want to look at. But I will start with the second one. And then the Bible says, verse 7. Blessed are the mercy for they shall obtain mercy. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in hearts. Pure in hearts. What does it mean to be meek or to be pure in hearts? Blessed are those that are pure in heart. For they shall see God. That means when people pray, when people seek God and they don't, they seek Him and they don't find Him, they should check how pure their hearts are. Blessed are the pure in heart. God bless you, can have your seat. First John 1, the Bible says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, we have looked upon with our end, our hands are handled. Skip to verse 5. That which has been from the beginning. This then is the message we have heard from him and declare unto you. What is the message? He said, That which has been from the beginning. We have handled it. We have seen it. We've heard it. We've seen it. We have handled it with our hands. And we are inviting you to come and fellowship with us. To participate in the secret that we have found. He said, but when we found this mystery, this secret, there is something, there's a communication in that secret, which is, this is a message. The mystery came with a message. The secret revealed a message. And the message is, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. Ah, do you know how much God is longing for pure hearts no motives in the realm of the spirits a pure heart is so valuable that it attracts God why did John say this that God is light in him there is no darkness no ulterior motive 
no shady thing, nothing is as plain as to see him. God's art is revealed by his communication. It doesn't say some keep some. That's what the Bible said that when, when Paul was talking about it, he said, The Jesus Christ that will preach to you is not yes and no. He said, In him, all the promise of the Father are yea and amen. That means when the Lord is going this way, he is going this way, he does not turn. That was why James saw it, and all of them, God gave the revelation of his personality. So Paul said that it's not nay yes today. No, he said it is yes and amen. When James saw it, he said every good, every perfect gift, they come from the Father of light, in whom there is no shadow of turning. He said no variableness, no shadow. It does not vary. It does not fluctuate. It's one way. No wonder in Ezekiel chapter 1, as he saw the cherubim, those living creatures beside the Father, he said they never turned where they were going. Once they face a direction, Ezekiel, they follow through. Ezekiel said it about three times that chapter one and chapter two. He said they never turn, they never turn. It is not in his nature to vary, no variableness, no shadow of turning. Guess what? When he finds a man like that, when your yes is yes, when you visit people, there's no authority. When you do something and it is from a plain act, when you live a life that is plain. Who will see you in the open is who you are in the secrets. No, no. <laughs> what a glory that will rise from Christianity when this begins to happen. You know what? By extension, you are not going to smile at somebody and say something behind the person. No variableness, no shadow of turning. I'm bringing you this message because you can choose. So begin to walk in this realm. You know, of course, none of us is there fully, but God is helping us. But some are journeying very fast into this. Something happened. Um, the Bible says that God is the one that checked the intents of hearts. The way God has created man, when I say man, by extension, women. You can never tell who a person is until you see their hearts. And you cannot see someone's heart except by the signing of the Spirit. It takes revelation to really know a person. Now, I want to give you an example of how this can be. Whatever we see here or not here, we see through dark mirrors except by the Spirit. Only God sees very clearly. So on that day, if you were standing you will see a Moses who broke the Ten Commandments in anger. And he took the broken pieces, broke them further to powder, sprinkled it over the water, and forced the people to drink the water. What kind of anger? But on the side of God, Numbers 12, verse 3, look at God's description of Moses. Because what you see on the outside does not exactly really show the real picture. I get what I'm saying. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. This is God talking. No, sir. You don't say, Lord, I disagree. To you, this guy, he went out, somebody was arguing with somebody and he killed one of them. 
and then he just finished beating people he just broke he was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and he broke out of anger what he received but the bible says god looked at moses this scenario happened when his brother aaron and his sister were talking about him and god said are you not afraid to talk about moses do you know what i see when i look at this guy i see a man that is more meek than all of you that on the face of the earth nobody as meek as moses are you getting what i'm saying <laughs> now which one is more important men's testimony about you or god's testimony about you because you can fake things and impress men but the bible says all things are open in the eyes of whom that we have to do with hebrews 4 13 12 says for the word of god is quick and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing at sunder soul and spirit joints and marrows and the bible says it's a discerner of every thought and integral and then the bible said that all things are open in the eyes of the one that we have to do with that means god does not see through a dark lens he sees everything clearly when you say four and inside your heart it is 40 but the beauty of a pure heart a pure heart is not a man that is not making mistake see this is what separate thank you this this is the difference please always give me before i go up i usually forget to <laughs> amen <laughs> hallelujah listen to me oh god this is the difference between david and saul i shared there before i think i was in secondary school the first time i sat back and i said i, I, I waiting sam I like asking questions when I'm studying the Bible because that's the only way to know. Lord, why did you forgive David and you refuse to forgive Saul? At the beginning of their iniquity, David was worse. What did Saul do? Kilo Shebaba. Samuel said you were coming in seven days and you did not come on time. Then he offered the sacrifice. Uh, 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 that is understandable. You see, you will think that it was about the sacrifice or no sacrifice. But remember I said that God does not see through dark mirror. He saw the heart of Saul. And you know what? The first time he did that thing, even Samuel started praying for him that God, uh, uh, you can't reject it here because of this thing. And God looking at Samuel that, you will soon see what I see. That beyond what he did, I am seeing the heart. <laughs> I bring you more than a song for the song in itself. It's not what you have. You search more deeper within. So the way things are. You're looking into my heart. When you say, Lord, I love you. Lyrics don't move God. <laughs> it's all about you. That means as we sing in the church, actually he's wondering. It looks beyond. Is it really about me or are they enjoying the guitar? Toby's bass. Sam's keyboard. Jeffrey's lead guitar. Cheyenne's drum. Is that what they are enjoying? Or Sister Diola's voice? Or the lady that lets Sister, what's her name again? Eh? Doi's voice. 
That was high pitch. Two times I heard. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> he gave gift to men. <laughs> when they ascended or not, he led captive captive and he gave gift to men. Only that song, gift are not recorded in my <laughs> Are you are you with me? Dear Lord Jesus. Oh. Hmm. Is it about the song? It looks beyond. Why are you joining the unit you are joining? As I began to search that day, so Samuel offered the sacrifice. Sorry, so and Samuel came and he said that Sir, you are rejected. You'd have been like Akilo Day. Then David, until you begin to read the story further, and as I am looking at us here and those who are listening to me, hope somebody's spirit is touched by God to understand what I'm saying. Help me get this message to people. I was though we are many, we listen to God's word, we come to church together. But God is looking at the hearts. It's separating boys from men. The hearts. Something deep down that no man can see. After a while, the first time God said he rejected, oh, Samuel prayed all night long. Now, Lord, I, I can't be. This guy is not. And God said, okay, no problem. First Samuel 15. Tell him to go and wipe up the Amalekites. Samuel never saw that Saul had a problem. His reputation was more important to him than God's will. And do I still see people like that? I read the scripture one. The Bible says a backslider is full of his ways. Once you start insisting on your ways, you are already a backslider. That's what the Bible says. So, God wanted to show Samuel Saul's problem. And that particular problem it's a serious problem in God. It's a serious issue in God's eyes. When you rate your reputation before people, more than what is truly going on between you and God, then it's not about God, it's about the people and your prestige. So God said, Let's show you who this guy is. So he got to him, and Samuel said, God said, Wipe up the Amalekites completely. He said, Yes, sir. Then he got there, and the people said, now, Samuel didn't see the people part before. Why did he offer what he was, he was supposed to offer? The battle was coming close. The people started scattering. King, uh-uh. before we fight, constitutionally we must do sacrifice. Enemies are coming, you are not doing sacrifice. Once they will leave. He wanted to see. God can give you something by the Spirit and you begin to use flesh to handle it. If God opens door, to you if he gives you access to people if he gives you authority if he gives you grace to be influential and after a while you start guarding your reputation and you start scheming to maintain that influence you will lose it and go down with influence that which is born by the spirit must be sustained by the spirit I hear what I'm saying praise the lord that is why those who are genuinely working with God, they are not attached to anything. We used to see some of the ancient old hymns. 
Nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that His blessed face may shine. We don't have too many songs like that nowadays. There is nothing between myself and my Savior. That means there is nothing I can't live for Him. There is nothing that has replaced Him, and there is nothing that is bigger than in my life. So they got to the field. And the people again said that ah, ah, they saw beautiful sheep, beautiful asses, lambs. I said, King, ah, you can't kill these ones now. And again, Saul listened to the people. He wanted to be the man of the people. And God said to Samuel that no. Samuel cried all night long. Now Samuel now understood the problem. Then he brought Agag back. The normal person should have killed. Samuel said, give me your son. Let me show you how they do it. And the Bible says, Samuel had a gag into pieces. Old Testament shadow. We don't have people in our New Testament. But the spirit of a gag must be destroyed. At the end of the day, Samuel saw. Then he wanted to pray one time. God said, no, take your oil. It's too late. I have provided for myself a king. Now, this king we are talking about... He appears to be a lustful person, but in Psalm 51, the Bible says, A broken heart and a contrite spirit that will not reject. What happened? God was trying to show the whole world the difference between these two personalities. The, in spite of Agag as an evidence in the palace, so was he arguing with Samuel, I have done the will of God. Do you know? No matter how they confront people, they will deny and stand their ground. Unbroken totally. Once somebody wants to correct them, it looks like you are denting their ego by correcting them. So they raise their defense. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm fine. No, 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 no. I didn't say it. I didn't do it. No, no, no. Then, like that. And you know what? Momentarily, they win. You can win for a moment and lose for eternity. They win. I've been pastoring from secondary school. I was the president of Scripture and Fellowship Secondary School. I have seen how difficult it is to correct some people. It's like correcting them is like you are embarrassing them. They will defend with everything in them. Yet inside them, they know that what you are saying is true. But they just know that their reputation is at stake. Nothing they are here to correction to them is a sign of weakness. No, no. Ah, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. No, no, I didn't. And then they lie and stand their ground. The moment man fell, that was the first thing. Have you eaten the fruit? Well, the woman you gave me. Just inability to say that, oh, I'm wrong. So, Samuel said, because before he saw Saul, God really told Samuel, Samuel was praying in the night and the Lord said to Samuel that Sam Saul is no longer following me he has turned away from me and Samuel cried till daybreak even after God said Samuel cried till tomorrow I can't walk with this guy can two walk together except they agree and in the morning Samuel went and he got to the palace he said hello and Saul came to meet him with a smile he said I have done the Lord's commandment and as soon as he said that, one of the sheep said, <laughs> And so I said, What is this that I'm hearing? Ah, he said, We brought it to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Ah, and Samuel said, Does he have delight in sacrifice? 
he said to obey is better than sacrifice and to hack him than the fat of ram and he repeated the second time i had done the will of god in spite of evidences and Agag was standing behind and he was arguing and Samuel said Chai I see what the Lord is saying then Samuel also the one who was praying overnight you know when God wants to let you understand him he will give you a bit of revelation yeah they were on the mountain Moses had the commandment with him it was any sound of music they were worshipping Baal, golden calf they made a golden calf and they were dancing around. God said to Moses that I am angry. I wipe publicly. Moses said, Ah ah. Go and read the words of Moses. Why is your anger this much? He was talking to God. <laughs> he said, Why you destroy them? What with the Egyptians? And God said, No problem. Then he came down to the valley where they saw them. He killed 24,000. <laughs> I'm sure God will just sit and be like, Sure? Now really. I thought it's not my own anger. Me, I didn't even kill anybody. I, I just said I would reject them. And Moses was talking to God, how mighty, I know that I would take it easy. Because he was yet to see what God saw. You know, God was talking to him on the mountain. He was there for 40 days, and God said they started worshiping golden calf. They turned away from me. I'm angry. And Moses said that, Lord, mommy, calm down. Oh, daddy, <laughs> calm down. He said, Why are you this angry? He said, Why are you why so anger born in what? And sincerely, God just kept quiet. I see Moses made the point. Okay, when you see, then Moses came down. <laughs> you know, at times when kids are growing up, they blame their parents. They say things until you become a parent yourself. When they say you should not go out in the night, you think they are caging you. Now you have a boy that is 16 and he wants to go out in the night and your heart is pounding. Good measure, press down, shake it together, running over. You do not like they don't understand. I don't know why they don't want me to go out. Wait till you become a parent. Because young people don't hear what adults are hearing. To young people, say till tomorrow that bandit it has never happened to them. If they say they are doing task in their school, it's not considering the fact that uh, there is evil on the road. He wants to go. It's the nature of young to be restless. Now, when you become parent, all of a sudden you are concerned about their, your children. I know what they are not concerned about themselves. That's where the question. Growing up, I would tell my father before I went to you, I wanted to go to, go to the University of Calabar, and they didn't want me to go. And I was wondering what their problem was. Said, that's too far. If anything happens, will you come? Nothing will happen. But that's difficult for a parent because of love they have for you. It can be taken to the extreme at times, but it's because of love. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. I started driving as a teenager. I mean, my dad, used, my mom used to be concerned about everything on the road. But you know, me, I never saw those things. Several people came to report to my parents the way I used to speed on the road. And my mom would call me that, okay, now that I've allowed you, you should not be. I just didn't see all those things. Every time I was behind that wheel, I had one mission to overtake every car on the road. Some that have traveled with me, you still see a bit of it in me. You know, the, when you grow a little, you start dropping something, but it has not dropped fully. <laughs> <laughs> I carry some people in the church because I was a pastor. Out of respect, they kept quiet. 
<laughs> when we got to when we went to we got to destination, <laughs> they came down. <laughs> I heard what they were saying. Then I was heading there. They said, "You almost killed." <laughs> when it was time to come out, they went with someone else. <laughs> And in that case, I didn't even do much. I was just on 160. <laughs> One of them, he was talking to the other. He was trying to talk to just not to be conscious of the fact that he was afraid, but his lips were shaking. All the way with the, on the express. <laughs> even I, shortly after I got married, my wife also did the same thing. She'd be like, oh God. Why? Why? Stop! This is too much. I'm like, but I've never had an accident before. So, so one day I said, maybe if I slow down, that's where something will happen. I said, so let me just go the way it has always worked for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is someone blessed tonight? I will talk last about Enoch, but unlike Saul, they came to David. There were two men in the city, one rich man, blah, 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 and Nathan said that, and the rich man, his guest came, and he took the lamb of the poor man, and David said that that man will die. First of all, before I kill him, I'll make him restore threefold. So when you are judging others, it's very easy. Then Nathan said, Oga, you are the man. Look at the next statement. From a guy that was saying that we're going to kill the guy. And they said, you are the one. The next statement that came out of David's mouth, I have sinned against the Lord. Even if you were God, that will attract you. Just like that. As a king, he could order for the execution of Nathan. Nathan did not carry the mantle of Samuel. Samuel ruled over the nation. David himself was a prophet and a king. The only king in the Bible, or probably one of the few, or probably the only one that could hear from God. God spoke to Solomon two times, but David was the one that was a prophet. Whose Psalms we are still using to today? What did Nathan write that we are using? He could have told Nathan that sorry, spiritually we are not at the same level. Where were you when I killed Goliath? But for the fact that the issues were brought out, he said, I have sinned. He did not say that he had made a mistake. I have sinned. He called it by name. I have discovered at times when you call your weakness by name, it is easy to deal with it. Yeah. That was what happened in the old vision, the old wrestling, Genesis 32 of Jacob. What the angel made him to say that day is that say with your mouth, you are a cheat. But that's the meaning of his name. What is your name? I'm a cheat. And that problem ended that day. Um, you know, I am just weak. <laughs> I like being around ladies, not that anything. You are trying to confess. I think that you are countering your confession. Sometimes you need to say, Excuse me, this is who I am. In my flesh, in my spirit, I'm born again, but in my flesh, this is the problem. I was listening to that government one night. I said, When you are able to talk like that, like 50% of the problem is gone. Yes. I am a Christian, but you know what? I tell lies. 
I have lying spirit operating in my life. I want to stop. Once you mention that word lying spirit, the spirit that is responsible for that lie is threatening me daily. But you say that, you see, I I dodge questions. You <laughs> because in the realm of the spirit, names are powerful. Once the spirit hears who says his name, is getting ready to go. Mentioning the name. I have spirit of lust. The, the, the lustful spirit is under tension the moment that comes out of your mouth. This guy has located me. But when you start using because name, if if I mean if you are walking on the road, if your name what, what's your name, huh? She's she's um, lovely. If you are walking on the road and I call Shade, you won't look back. Even if you are Chibuzo and I call Chinedu. They are both cheap. <laughs> Especially in the public place, like let's say, like in a bed, is just up and down in the bank, and you're like, chino, 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 and your name is Chibuzo. You won't even bother because you don't feel they are calling you. But if somebody says that Chibuzo, in the midst of the noise, you are going to stop and turn, that will just call my name now. In the spirits like that also. Lying, the spirit stays. Wow. Is aware. Are you with me? Hold, hold on my step in your world, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. I want to stop here. We continue next Wednesday. We continue. I was going to go to Moses. I was going to go to Enoch. Everything I shared with you, you can start now. If you read Genesis 5, you start from verse 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. Next verse. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. I love the details in the Bible. Now, I don't know whether this is how other translation put it, but this is almost giving an impression that he wasn't working with God before. Right? Put after. That means on a certain day, the guy sat down and he said that the time has come to begin to work with God. Now, the Bible says he did it for 300 years. He died at 365. So that the first 65 years, maybe it didn't balance. But the Bible says after he gave back, when he gave back to his firstborn and he stood outside his hand and said, Today, I'm making sure it's time to walk with God. And for 300 years, unbroken fellowship with God. The Bible says so much work with God that it was not. That means he didn't die. God took him. Enoch dabbled into a revelation that was too expensive for man. The book of Jude talks about that. Bible will start something I keep quiet about it, but it will conclude it later. Jude 1 says that Enoch, the seventh man from Adam, which I've said perfection, began to say, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his saints. One day, Jesus showed Enoch the battle of Amegedom. Enoch stood at the front of his house one morning and he saw Jesus coming with saints from heaven, probably some of you. And he said, I see the Lord coming. The highest figure there was 10,000. He could have said million, but they didn't have access to million then. That's I said, the Lord, I see the Lord coming with 10,000. He just saw in a glance, the battle of Megiddo. He saw the Solomon riding a white horse and he saw it and he began to, the people in the, in, they, they didn't understand. 
who is the Lord? Who is God? Which one is the Lord? He said, I see the Lord come with 10,000 of his saints. When they heard them, say, who is saying that? That is too much for a man. Come up here. You are not for that realm. That was how God took him. God said, those who say this kind of thing, they are not fit for this world. Their realm is higher than the realm they live in. So let them come to the realm where they belong. That was what happened. There is truly a book called the book of Enoch. And Enoch saw a lot of revelations. I'm not saying you should go and read that. I've read a part of it before. Actually, Enoch saw a lot of revelations. And if you read it, fine. But then, uh, it's not in the Bible. He walked with God. When you walk with God with a pure heart, He will reveal things to you. He loves the pure in heart and the meek. He loves them. He loves them more than the loud people in the church. Pure in heart. Pure in heart. When you visit out of purity, when you are in the unit with a pure heart, when you do things with a pure heart, I will say a little more about this on Sunday. Can we get the comment? I had a, a, an instruction. And we are trying to fix it for next week Saturday. Not this Saturday, next week Saturday. Along the line, we're praying on this one. Six other people, five other people in the church confirm it at the same time. That create a day and pray for all the singles in the church who are not married, who are the age of marriage. Let whatever is blocking it fall flat. Then the second instruction pray for all those people trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Don't put it in the midst of mercy encounter. Apart from it, he said, create a day. Those two groups, administer them separately. So, uh, we are looking at next week, Saturday. Four o'clock for the single, six o'clock. To be just about 45 minutes meeting each. Six o'clock for those who are trusting God for the fruits of the womb. For those who are far off, I don't, I, I don't yet have a leading whether we should stream or not. Actually, before the service, everything I share with you now, I didn't plan it. Before the service, I sat up. I was just praying. My, my, I was praying about um, the instruction he gave me. Because five other people between the last three days confirming that the Lord has been tending in the church. We should minister to those who trust for the fruit of the womb and those who are supposed to get married. And I might likely just do a video and just say it so that we can put it around. Initially, I was going to limit it to people in the church, but I have a leading that know. Let as many people that want to come come. Once they belong to those two categories, four o'clock for one group, six o'clock for another group. And that's what I've been praying about. Hallelujah. But you see, you'll be praying about something and the anointing to do something else will rest. I need to be a very wonderful service, even though I was praying about something else. Amen. When people want to get married in the church, personally, if they get told to me, I will say that, please, examine yourself medically. We believe in medical reports. Be sure that the two of you are fine. If you want to marry somebody, I'm saying to all the young people in this church, let them do. So if you know about something that you still want to marry the person, fantastic. But, you know, so maybe hepatitis, whatever. You know about a condition in the person's body, or is, the most common is SSAS. You know about it and you want to go ahead, fine. But if you now get my disorder, the person's genotype is that the type that an adapter you are now complaining can be. So if you know and you say you want to go, I'm with you. But it's important to know. 
don't just only like the face. It's important to know what you should know. It's important to know what you should know. Hallelujah. I asked a lady one time what ended their marriage, and she told me. I mean, the guy lied about too many things. Not a low spanker, no spam at all. And the church actually ordered them to go for uh, stuff, and he went to a doctor in a private hospital to falsify reports. But yes, he did. The pastor of the church was the one that dissolved the marriage when they found out. And then she was any much, he didn't even have anything. He just saw a rich girl in the church, and because no sex before marriage, so he took advantage of her and he was just extorting her. Started by even being violent at home. It was that violence that led to every other thing. When the friend, the daughter that helped him to get that report, found out that he was still beating her, he said, couldn't take that. He traveled out and he called and reported. And they started checking and they found everything to be true. That he lied about so many things, so many, many things, so many things. Places he said he had worked before, he had never worked there before. He falsified some record to make him look at the same level with the lady because she had a good job. Lied about so many things. And at the end of the day, so they just, the pastor just told him that, the pastor called him. He said, You are not married again. I cast with the marriage. That's a very good pastor. Yes. If you want people to pray for you to be fine, let them know you need help. Let the person know. And she, if she walks away, walks away because of that, fine. But you cannot cover things and then feel like a, like in one church also, a man who was impotent marry a lady. They just found that he was always praying. <laughs> From the night of the wedding to the second night to the third night. <laughs> I feel in everything it is important to be straightforward and be open. Amen. Let's rise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.